0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since
1: that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White.
1: for downloading the fly fishing consultant podcast this is series one episode 29 fly fishing and eating in los angeles i recently went on a trip with my wife to los angeles she had a business trip in el segundo some kind of gps who knows what because i don't know what she does so i tagged along to babysit kiersey And it was one-third of a family trip, one-third a fly-fishing trip, and one-third a gustatory traveling vacation. We arrived in Los Angeles uh, without any incidents on a Saturday afternoon. The baby did not cry once in the flight. It was amazing. I don't know how we got blessed with such a lucky um, and well-behaved little girl who turned six months old in California. And then we picked up my brother-in-law who lives somewhere around Oakland, and from there we went to our hotel. We got a government rate at the Ritz-Carlton in Marina Del Rey, and if you don't know this, some of the Ritz-Carlton's have free vodka drinks behind the front desk after 3pm. So upon arriving, we dove into some watermelon coolers with some Ciroc Redberry Vodka. And from there, we decided we had to go somewhere to eat. And on the Food Network, we saw a place called Cha-Cha Chicken, which had a coconut, coconut fried chicken. The crust is made out of shredded coconut and is deep fried. And it was suggested by Michael Simon, the Iron Chef. So we went there, and it was bring your own beer. So I ran to a liquor store and got a, a six-pack of Lagunitas and a tall boy of... PBR, and I don't mean a regular tall boy, I mean a 20-ouncer, because after that flight I was rather thirsty, and I have to say I was a little disappointed in the chicken, it wasn't as awesome as I expected it to be, some of the sides were good, there were some nice mango curry dipping sauces with the plantains and the black beans, but overall, um, maybe I'm spoiled, I live across the street from Korean fried chicken, which I think is the best fried chicken in the world, so... We all dined there. Um, It was nice. We dined al fresco. The baby was asleep. We went back to the hotel and uh, got up in the early morning to go to Santa Monica on Sunday morning. At Santa Monica, we went to the farmer's market to get some breakfast. The first thing we noticed when we got there is the live animals. They had two or three very fluffy chickens, two hilarious looking ducks that stood upright and ran around. They're called Indian running ducks they had a bunch of goats and sheep. So all the kids were feeding the goats and sheep and the chickens were running around and it was pretty hilarious watching these little animals. So we decided to uh, you know, go through the stalls of the farmer's market and first thing I noticed were mondo huge artichokes, the kind that were grown on the California coast that were just spectacular. And there was asparagus and broccoli and uh, fresh pesto to try. And then all these restaurants were sampling their food So you could take a little sample, and if you wanted to buy breakfast from them, it was mostly some kind of tortillas with omelets and chorizos and all local fresh ingredients. You know, the kind of stuff that we absolutely love in this household. There were um, locally grown aquaculture mussels and raspberries and blackberries. and There were different types of lettuces, and the couple that were selling the lettuces had this hilarious dog with a mohawk that was natural. And The dog's name is the Charge Man. So if you look up the space Charge Man on Facebook, you'll find him. And he was eating crepes for breakfast when we got there, and they had all these different fresh green lettuces and and mescaline mixes with arugula and spinach and radicchio and endive and frisée and, and wildflowers in them. And it kind of kills me that we're staying at a hotel without a kitchen because. You don't get better produce than this. And there are persimmons and just these beets and fruits that I couldn't even identify and and vegetables and turnips and baby potatoes. They had winter cabbages and these heirloom tomatoes in these turquoise green baskets that were just glowing. Um, White onions and fresh garlic and, and little cherry tomatoes. And then you get away from the stalls and, well, in between, I should say, they're selling fresh local cheeses. They've got this German quark and they've got these fresh chevs and and jalapeno cheddars and and jack cheeses. And it's just mind-blowing. And you're walking around like, which one of these am I going to sample? And I finally settled on something called a torta, which is, I guess, a Mexican sandwich. And it was made by Homegirls Bakery, which is reformed gang members in Los Angeles that turned to cooking, and these girls look different than everyone else, and I didn't really know the story until we talked to them. Um, You know, they had the tattoos after being a high school teacher with uh, a lot of gang members in my classes. You get to know, like, the facial and hand tattoos and recognize things. Um, So I ended up getting this torta, which was this kind of, like, ground turkey with this white queso fresco sauce on this bun, and it just blew me away and all these food pictures are on the blog flyfishingconsultant.blogspot.com and the textures in it and it was so fresh and to eat something that good and homemade with care and the story behind it it was just phenomenal in the morning my brother-in-law his name is mike and my wife alana they went and got the spanish sandwiches i think i wasn't sure and i was dying of thirst um I forgot my Nalgene, so I had nothing to drink on the airplane, and mind you, on the airplane, my seat was broken, so the flight attendant came by and gave us a handful of Jack Daniels and Dewar's bottles. So I was a little dehydrated from the flight out. I didn't have my Nalgene. I didn't really have anything to drink out of, so I'm downing this torta, and there's really nothing to drink out here. So I was dying, and we kept walking around some more, um, took some more food photos, looked at the stalls, talked to the vendors. And then went back to the funny animals while my wife got the car. And one of the funniest things I've ever seen is one of the chickens was sitting on the back of one of the goats. And if you don't believe me, you're going to have to go to the website, flyfishyconsultant.blogs.com or robsnoway.com. And you can see the pictures of these hilariously poofy chickens. And the gray chicken was upset with the white chicken. Apparently, they're very territorial. So it was plucking its feathers out and eating them. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I was pretty much live tweeting the whole trip. So there were some close-ups. And I think the caption was, these chickens, do you want to tie flies with them, take them home and pet them, or eat them, or all three? Um, they are they're pretty hilariously cute. And uh, all the kids were enjoying them. And by now, all those goats and sheep had been fed the pellets from the first group of kids. So they weren't eating anything. These kids were walking up with handfuls of food and putting them in the animals' faces. And they wouldn't even touch them. From there, we went down to the Santa Monica Pier, and first thing I noticed, there's a guy wearing an old-school Caps jersey. That was pretty cool. So we started walking around Santa Monica, and I think I was there in 2007, so it was a little familiar to me, and I start looking over the water, and the first thing I notice in the ocean is plastic bags, the scourge of the earth, plastic. You go anywhere, and you're going to find remnants of, of human garbage, and it was quite disturbing. Out in the sand, there's a group that sets up crosses every morning for the soldiers lost in the Iraq and Afghanistan campaign. And there's a woman playing this wooden Native American flute. It was pretty moving. So as you're walking out along the pier, you're seeing, you know, the ocean and, and the waves and people on the pier. And then you can look down at the sand and see what's going on there. I even saw a guy jump in in his boxers and go swimming. I would not recommend swimming in the Pacific Ocean with the Humboldt Current in November. It looked pretty cold. So I went down to the pier and the only thing I actually saw somebody catch was a white hand towel, the kind you would, I guess, use at the gym to clean your sweat off the machines. And then there was these buckets of little, I don't know if they were like a sardine or I I really couldn't identify them. i would never seen them before. So there's pictures of them on the website. Maybe you can identify them. And just a bunch of people set up with rods and reels and poles and just drinking Gatorade and hanging out on a Sunday morning. And the good thing about having my uncle there was he was he never met the baby, so he was all over the baby lady. So I put her in his arms, and I was free to go kind of run around and do my own thing and, and take some pictures for the website and try to share some of the things I saw with you. From there, I had to get something to drink. All I could think about was that tall Arizona iced tea can, the green tea with the honey. That's like my go-to thirst quencher so i had to go find one of those so i said i'll find you guys later i'm running up to the promenade at santa monica and i was walking around it's all starbucks and like expensive places where they're charging like six bucks for you know a squeezed lemonade that they probably just put the lemons in their armpit and squeezed it was a ripoff, and you know we're sort of on a budgeted trip with the per diem three people traveling I have to get my fishing licenses and, you know, we're paying for the hotel and everything else. So I was not about to spend six bucks on a drink. So I'm walking around and lo and behold, I find a feather hair extension in place. And they're selling feather hair extensions that don't tie in, but they clip in. And they have guinea fowl and schlappen and turkey feathers and peacock, and ostrich. They have feathers that are entire pheasant tail that you can clip into your hair. Of course, the store is closed on a Sunday, so I was just taking pictures from the window, and I had those all up. You've got grizzly saddle hackles and woolly bugger-looking stuff and spade patterns, you name it. So by now, I'm not only thirsty, but I'm starving. I've been walking now. It's probably 2 or 3 in the afternoon. We find a a Korean barbecue truck, and Alana and Mike meet me, and the first thing I do is order two uh, rib beef, tacos, no kimchi, and a Dr. Pepper. And I pretty much shotgun that Dr. Pepper down as if I hadn't had anything to drink in a year. And being that we live in a Korean neighborhood, we don't even get the Korean fusion. We get the real traditional Korean food. So, um, you know, cooking at your table and the bobin bop. And I once ordered cow intestine tripe soup. And I told the waiter these were the chewiest noodles I'd ever had. And he laughed at me and said, that's not noodle, that's intestine. And so it's it's kind of rare to see the, the fusion. So I was able to get like corn tortilla with Korean beef inside of it. And it was pretty stellar. So Michael and I gorged on that. And by now, you know, it's Sunday afternoon. I'm hoping, hey, let's uh, drop me off at the beach. I want to do some fly fishing. I spent 40 minutes this morning on my little Android phone purchasing a fishing license. I got all the gear in the car. Um, I want to go fishing, but... I was outvoted three to one, a baby, and mom and uncle, Trump, the dad who wants to fly fish. So Mike had never been to Hollywood, so we drove out there, and that gave the baby lady a chance to nap in the car. We hit up Rodeo Drive next to Beverly Hills, and Mike wants to see celebrities, and I look out the window, and the first thing I see is a a topless woman being photographed on Rodeo Drive with nothing but a magazine covering her. And I've only got my 35mm lens, so if you want to take a look at the kind of funny picture with people walking by and staring, that is on the website. Um, it was from the other side of the road, so you can't really see anything, but you can definitely tell she's uh, topless and there may be some side boobage sticking out if um, you haven't been outside in a while and, and that's all you're going to get. So From there, we drove around, decided baby lady uh, needed to get her nap on, so we went back to the hotel. And Mike and I got a watermelon cooler, went up to the hotel room, I threw on my waiters, grabbed the rod, and he's like, well, I'll follow you to the beach if you want. I said, well, sure, it's not that far. First, we'll start at Mother's Beach. And Mother's Beach is a little cove between the hotels that the moms take the babies to because there are no waves. So Mike and I go to the lobby, we drink a second watermelon cooler, and then get a third one for the road And after about 10 minutes and two miles, we get to Mother's Beach. And we got the whole place to ourselves. It's sort of a crescent-shaped, and there are all sorts of birds in there. There's gulls and mergansers and egrets and sandpipers running around the shoreline, and it's low tide. So I walk out in my waders, and um, it drops off pretty quick. I'm throwing a 11-foot, 8-weight switch rod with a sinking tip. Just a generic uh, reel, nothing fancy. About 100 and... 30 yards of 30 pound orange Dacron backing, and I'm using a little one inch shrimpy clouser, which is made out of basically like a shaddish looking fly. It's um, basically a marabou, not marabou, mylar wrapped body with a little crystal flash sticking out of the tail, some gold uh, weighted eyes, and then a little piece of rabbit fur coming off of the eyes. It looks like a little shrimp, something I developed after working in the keys and Going to Hawaii two times So I'm tossing that and I'm not really getting anything And Mike's wandering around And I, I finally do feel a tug in the end of my line so I pull up And I catch a freaking tennis ball With a muscle on it So after that embarrassment I was like hey man let's let's go to the, uh, the beach And I'd forgotten the map They gave us in the actual hotel So I knew the general direction Because I've been studying this place with Google Maps And on the flight in you could actually see the entire Marina del Rey area, which apparently is where they filmed Dexter, so I had a general idea of where we're going, and there's lots of like finger like projections which are different like marina branches and instead of taking the direct way, we kept walking onto those and basically um inadvertently took another two hours to get to the beach, which was only probably another mile away so by the time we get to the beach, the sun is just over the horizon. We are both sweating profusely. It's now getting cold. We're quite uncomfortable. I run down to the beach while Mike is staring at the crazy houses that basically end and then there's sand. You can't get more of a ridiculous view than that. Um, I get one tug and it's pretty dark now. I don't have my protective clear eyewear, so I'm not too comfortable fishing. It's like 630. I call Alana and said, hey, could you pick us up? They'll give you a map at the front desk where we are. She's like. Yo, it took me two hours to get that baby to sleep. You guys are walking home. And after three hours of walking, um, we did not really want to walk home. So Mike's like, well, we'll just sit and wait it out until the baby wakes up, and then we'll go back. And I'm like, man, it is getting cold out here. And we're on the ocean. There's a breeze coming off. Mike's like, dude, let's just call a cab. So I call a cab, and he picks us up. And uh, it's literally a three-minute ride. What took us three hours to walk was a three-minute minute ride to the hotel and i said mr cab driver that you you must love us we've got to be your favorite ride today because we're the fastest he said you're the worst fare i've had all day get out that'll be 10 bucks so apparently he didn't make any money off the ride he charged us the minimum 10 it was only about 250 for the whole drive we get back to the hotel room and we crack a beer and Just start relaxing and then take a look at the map. And on the bottom left-hand corner, it says map, not to scale. I was more than pissed because when you look at it, it looks like it's going to be a five-minute walk to Mother's Beach and then five minutes to the ocean. But no, it was three hours. So from there, we decide uh, baby's awake. We're going to go to In-N-Out Burger. And if you've never been to In-N-Out Burger, it's a California institution. They've got the secret menu where you can get cheeseburger or a double cheeseburger and fries and a milkshake and a soft drink but you walk in there and you order what I do which is double double animal style with well done fries animal style which means you're getting two patties of beef with all sorts of fixings on it and their secret sauce with like chopped up onions and bacon in it and then the fries which are hand cut and they're no seasoning it's just fries and then they cook them a little bit longer so they're extra crispy and then they put that special sauce with the onions and like bacon on top. And it's like the freshest burger you're going to find and people out here swear by Five Guys. Five Guys started like three miles down the street from where I'm talking right now and it was good the first one or two times we went there but it's a gut bomb and you can feel that stuff coming out of your pores. It's kind of gross. So we don't even eat there anymore. We've got one right next to our house. We could walk to it. It's where the old Whole Foods was. They closed which kind of sucked because It was nice walking over there to get a a sandwich and an orange on a Saturday morning. So um, we dine. There's a, a hilarious picture of the baby lady on the blog where she's got three burgers in front of her, and she's just staring. And the funny thing is, we're in Marina Del Rey, and the guy next to me is from Richmond, Virginia. He's never been there before, so we were both commiserating how great this place was. And I got a Barks Root Beer because I like the Barks Root Beer. Go back, wake up Monday morning. The plan... Breakfast, Venice Beach, drop me off at the ocean. I'm going to fly fish. It's my one chance where my brother in law is still there. He and my wife can go out, have the baby. I can have some free time to fish. It's a plan. So we're driving around a, a street called Abbott Kinney. And it's sort of this bohemian little street with all sorts of fun shops. And we're looking for a place to eat. And we come up to where the farmer's market was in Santa Monica. So we know we've gone too far. So we double back down and we see this line sticking out of this place. And my wife being the person who constantly reads the food blogs and she listens to that food podcast with the,
0: this episode is brought to you by Reese's peanut butter cups In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
1: It's got that lady from NPR, Lynn Rosetto Casper. Sorry, Lynn Rosetto Casper. And I can't listen to that because I need to visualize food, and I need to be able to smell it. That's the worst thing about Food Network and the Food Channel Is that you can see it, but you can't smell it. And if you can't see it, and you can't smell it, it's no good. I don't want to hear someone talking about fudge brownies, deep fried, and fudge icing on a stick made out of fudge. Because that does me no good. I've got to see it. So she says, that place, I know it. It's called Jelena. It's spelled G-J-L-E-N-I-A, Jelena. And there's links on the blog. And we park, and we get out, and there's this handwritten menu on brown butcher paper and the food is bright and it's colorful and we're not talking blue raspberry and green apple we're talking natural like eggs with orange yolks because the chickens were eating bugs and flower seeds and they have keratin in them and and lettuces and this burgundy crispy bacon and orange kins paste and purple huckleberries and oh my god and the smells are to die for and there's got like a brick oven where they're cooking these things and their sandwich is laid out i get this egg sandwich on a homemade english muffin with sauteed kale and some melty stinky kind of epois smelling cheese and it's got bacon on it on this english muffin in a paper bag and i get a biscuit homemade with kins paste and my brother-in-law gets these hard-boiled eggs with chives on top over salmon with like creme fraiche on this toasted thing and alana gets i don't know what she got because by now i'm not paying attention to them i'm so indulged in how good and of course i say how bad food sounds on the radio but look at the pictures it was this buttery my God, I'm turning into Lynn Rosetto Casper. It's this buttery English muffin with this crispy smoked bacon and this gooey cheese and this crunchy kale. and It puts McDonald's and Hardee's and any other place that tries to serve an egg sandwich to shame. Those places should be ashamed of what they're serving. They're serving like the Olympia of beers to this being like you know, a nice handcrafted ale. The eggs, the guy told me the farm they came from. And they never seen cages. And then this biscuit was buttery and flaky. And and I love the biscuit. And this was the best biscuit I have ever had in my life. And I'm photographing the food. And there's no seats here. We're sitting outside on milk crates in the shade of these fruit-looking ficus kind of trees. And there's birds. And everyone's got little little french bulldogs and yorkies and everyone's in shorts riding you know fat tired street cruisers and beach cruiser bikes and it's like 65 degrees and sunny and i'm just like i freaking love los angeles and now i've got an orange gatorade i got at the grocery store the night before so i'm not dehydrated i got something to wash it down with so are they gonna drop me off at the beach now of course not we're going to venice and now that I've been to Venice, and Tom once told me that Venice is a freak show. He said, that's where all the freaks go. And I didn't really believe him until I went there. And the last week, I'm starting to see music videos and TV shows all filmed in Venice. And I'm recognizing where we walk. It's this long cement walkway with the ocean on one side. And it's got that meandering uh, sidewalk where uh, David Lee Roth did his California Girls video. And then on the right, it's all these little market stalls. And... And everywhere in between, there's like street vendors. And they're smoking weed like you've never smoked weed before. I've been to dead shows. I went to college. I go to RFK for the D.C. United tailgates. And I know the dudes who hang out in the trees in the parking lot. I've smelled weed before. I've lived in Breckenridge. I've smelled weed. This was like a green haze above Venice Beach. Like you couldn't imagine. People were just smoking bongs and pipes out in the middle. And then this girl walks out and she gives me the medical kush doctor come in for your evaluation and recommendation letter for medical marijuana sports injuries auto accidents stress anxiety insomnia asthma who smokes weed if they got asthma maybe i guess you're gonna eat lollipops cancer aids or any other illness for which marijuana provides relief so um they've got hat vendors and tchotchke vendors and i go into this one shop and i actually buy a new driving cap because I've always wanted a new one. It's a Goran brothers. It's tweed. It's pretty cool. It's a new fishing hat for me. I can wear that with my barber and throw my two handed rod and feel like I'm some Scottish dude fly fishing. And I stop at a place called Featherland, which is a little, um, cut out with a corrugated metal roof and they're selling feather hair extensions. And we start talking and the lady knows about the fly fishing and, and how like they're Hoffman and Mets and, uh. And other grizzly hackles, saddles, and peacocks, and ostrich, and hurls, and slapping, and marabou. And so we're talking. And, and then I go back out of the promenade and find uh, a guy named Mr. David who's singing a CD song to my daughter. His name is The Great Adventures of Mr. David, david.alexandro at gmail.com, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-O-U, mrdavidmusic.com. So he's singing a song to the baby lady and my brother-in-law buys her the album which is actually extremely well produced and now that I just put it into the CD drive it's probably going to load. Let me take that back out. I don't want to screw up the audio. And there's the same vendors like every block. There's somebody selling Marilyn Manson zombie pictures and someone selling feather hair extensions and somebody selling crap and somebody selling necklaces and somebody selling... Um portraits will do out of you with like clay and charcoal and it's like, do you buy a like franchise of crap to sell? And then there's just like homeless people and there's this guy wearing a turban on rollerblades that's in the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album. And I'm like, All right, I got my hat, I got my Gatorade, drop me off on go fly fishing. And uh no, we gotta go into Hollywood to go to Jones on third and I'm like are you kidding me? We've been walking Venice Beach now for like 2 hours and I'm getting antsy. And the only thing that's keeping me sane is taking pictures of all the different feather hair extensions and all the equisetum growing. Equisetum if you don't know is one of the more primitive plants. It's uh made basically made of silica. It's called a scouring rush because you can clean your pots and pans. It grows vertically, has no branches, and it grows um through adventitious roots. Or through spores and it's easy to pot and you don't have to do anything. So I'm taking pictures of equisetum everywhere because I'm a botany dork. And that's keeping me from getting all grumpy and yelling at the family to get out of here. So we finally leave around, I don't know, 1 o'clock and headed Jones on 3rd. And it's a very famous bakery delicatessen. If you watch The Best Thing I Ever Ate on Food Network or The Cooking Channel's um, Unique Eats or extra virgin on the cooking channel they all go to this place so i ordered this pressed chicken sandwich with bacon and avocados and like gruyere and it was filthy good and got a giant french lemonade and um we walked around hollywood after that man's chinese theater and we saw kat von d's tattoo place and like i want to go fishing already so we go back to the hotel and Mike has to be dropped off at the airport. So I sit around and start looking at Google Earth on my iPod Touch down in the lobby, start drinking some beers by the fireplace. She goes and drops him off at the airport. She comes back. I'm hanging out with some people down at the lobby, and they're like, uh, oh, we're talking. They're like, your baby is, uh got you know some big eyes because she was hanging out with me while they dropped off, while Lana dropped off Mike. We get a call that Mike forgot his car keys in the hotel room. So we got to go back down to LAX from Marina Del Rey. It's only like seven miles. We figure we got to find somewhere to eat down there, so we call our friend J-Bob, Air Force buddy, and he tells us to go after we drop off the keys to Redondo Beach or Manhattan Beach. So we go to the Manhattan Beach Brew Pub, and I get the best burger of my life. This thing was the Fuchs Office Burger, F-U-C-H apostrophe S, and this place has 40 beers on tap, so I'm doing Firestone IPAs and Lagunitas IPAs. Ground beef, Japanese tomato, arugula. Um, It's got cashel blue, I think. No, Maytag blue cheese and all this French bun with this garlic aioli. And it was the only burger I've ever eaten that didn't eat anything. No condiments. Ate every morsel and came with curly fries. I left the curly fries for my breakfast in the morning because I was going fly fishing with Kiersey. There's one thing I forgot to mention and that was in the lobby on... Saturday night, I was asking the concierge if she knew anywhere to fly fish, and a woman next to me said that uh, she suggested Leo Carrillo State Park, and it's north near Malibu, and oh, I also forgot to mention that there was a woman at Mother's Beach whose husband was a fly fisherman, we struck up a conversation as she saw me fly fishing, and um, said, well, my my husband's going on a steelhead trip this week, Um, otherwise I'd set you two up, maybe you could fish together, I was like, well, here's my car, have him Give me a call if something happens. And he sent me a text that night and said, look up GaryBulla.com. Gary's sort of the local expert. And it took me about five or six minutes, and I finally recognized that name. And I used to share a cube with his sister when I worked at Booz Allen. Her name was Elizabeth, so I thought that was kind of a funny small world thing. So back to uh, Leo Carrillo State Park. I spent uh, you know, part of Monday, Tuesday looking at it on Google Maps and Google Earth and thought it'd be a place worth fishing. So, Kiersey and I drove up the coast, and the Pacific Coast Highway is awesome. Um, Just mountains on one side and ocean on the other, and ridiculous cars here and there. And you notice in California, you get a lot of older cars because they don't salt the roads because there's really no snow in LA. And two, um, they don't really have personalized license plates as much, and they don't have as many bumper stickers. You don't see people putting you know, all the colleges and schools they went to. You don't see those little like mom, dad, puppy, kitten, cat, daughter playing tennis, son playing hockey, and uh a juggling goldfish on the back windshield. You don't really see as much like ostentatiousness on the car because the car is ostentatious enough. I've never seen more beamers in my life out there and Audi's and saw Ferraris and Lamborghinis and a lot of Porsches. So, uh yeah, that's one thing I noticed in the roads, and we're going north on the PCH, and we pull into Leo Creo State Park, and after the fact, I learned that you can park along Pacific Coast Highway on the shoulder and walk in. However, me being a novice to this location, I parked in the designated parking spot, paid my $12 state parking pass fee for the day, threw all the fishing gear on, put on my waders, and put the gear inside the stroller, put the baby lady on the stroller, and walked down to the beach. And there's one thing I've learned is taking a stroller across sand is not easy. And if you listen to some of my previous podcasts and read some of the blogs, I absolutely loathe sand. I think it's just gritty and it gets in everything and it makes a mess and it gets in your camera equipment and your fishing gear. and You get in your mouth when you're trying to eat and it gets under your fingernails and it's just a mess. So um, I parked the baby lady about ten feet behind me and to the left, so I could throw my backhand over the shoulder cast over my right shoulder and start fishing the shoreline. The first thing I notice up here is clear water, um, pebbly to rocky w- substrate. Once you get out there, but a lot of kelp, and I was having a lot of trouble stripping in the line because I kept pulling in kelp. Uh, kelp is uh, it's a seaweed. It's not a plant. It's a member of the Uh, the protists so they're uh, single on multicellular organisms that grow and photosynthesize and can grow colonies and kelp just happened to be the the largest ones of them so it was very difficult for me to fish and if I was by myself without a six-month-old I could have moved up and down the beach and climbed some of the rocky shorelines and kind of explored a little bit more but having a baby with you kind of slows things down and Uh, prevents you from being as adventurous as you thought you could be so i couldn't really leave her i couldn't wait out farther couldn't explore so after about 30 or 40 minutes of fishing that public beach with one other family there i was like yeah i'm just gonna take some pictures of the seagulls and there's a little like stone crab claw on the shoreline let's go just explore the rest of the park so we walked up for maybe a quarter mile and there's cliffs and Some lighthouses and beaches that I assume would be very popular during the summer, but being November, they were pretty empty. Um, So we mostly just kind of sightseed, if that's sight saw. We looked around, uh, we watched the seagulls and the cormorants and the pelicans dive-bombing fish and hanging out on the rocks. And um, there was a group of of painters doing the cliffs, and I took some pictures of the baby sort of just hanging out by the cliffs. And when I get back here... um, I noticed there's a new Subaru commercial and the exact spot where I was photographing the birds is where they filmed that spot. So I thought that was kind of cool. And on the way up the Pacific Coast Highway, we passed something called the Malibu Lagoon. So I decided that on the way back, we would hit up the lagoon and try and fish there. So Kiersten and I got in the car probably about 9am and started our drive up to Malibu. We hit the Pacific Coast Highway in Santa Monica, which is right after the pier, just north of the pier. And we're driving north and the scenery is ridiculous. It's the houses like you see on TV on the left-hand side, right along the ocean. And on the right-hand side, you've got uh, mountains with houses built into the cliffs. It was extremely scenic and awesome. And um, it was one of the, the cooler drives that I've done. It would have been nice to have somebody drive me so I could have looked a little more out the windows and enjoyed the scenery. This was also good because Kiersey took a nap in the back while we made the hour or so drive north. So we get to Leo Carrillo State Park, and it's a $12 fee to park there. If I had known you could park on the Pacific Coast Highway, we would have done that. But instead, we parked, and I paid the money, used a credit card. And then we walk to the beach It's kind of hard dragging a stroller through the sand And I loathe sand If you, you know I've said it before um, It gets in everything, it's annoying It gets in your camera, in your bags I still have sand in a backpack from a trip to Africa in 98 So we get there, I drop Kiersey off uh, She's in the stroller about 20 feet behind me to the left And start casting some small little shrimpy clouser patterns And I'm not really getting anything but kelp There's a lot of kelp in the water here making casting very difficult very hard retrieves the water is um, about knee deep probably know, like 30-40 feet out and not really getting much there's a lot of rocks and there's only one other family there so I feel confident that um, you know there's, if the fish are in there they're probably not been disturbed by other anglers there's no surfers so we end up just bailing on that spot I push Kiersey up onto the Leo Carrillo State Park Road and we start walking around we see some birds and rabbits and some wildflowers that are still left over from, I guess, the summertime. Out on the rocks, there's a cliff with pelicans and cormorants and gulls, and it's quite serene. This is the spot that the new Subaru commercial was shot at, so I recognize that little outcropping of rocks from the commercial, and it didn't really look like there was going to be much fishing up above that section. The waves were crashing about... A two-foot curl right into the beach—not something I wanted to do. Didn't have a stripping basket with me, so it made casting quite hard. So I decided to uh, go back down the Pacific Coast Highway. We passed Zuma Beach, and I wanted to check that out. And we also passed something called the Malibu Lagoon. And I'm assuming that a lagoon—you know—just the name—is going to be kind of serene and and quiet, and be some place that I could probably fish. So I threw Kiersey back in the car, and we headed down to this lagoon, which um, required another state parking fee, and since I'd paid mine that day up the street in Malibu, in this section, I just stuck it on my dashboard and assumed that it was good. I didn't get a ticket, so I'm assuming it was good. There were cops patrolling the parking lot. So I got Kiersey out and got the rod rigged up and started pushing the stroller around, and there's a little mountain stream that comes out and goes under pacific coast highway and flows down towards the ocean there and it meets the ocean and on google maps if you look at it when that satellite image was taken there's actually a lagoon where the sand from the beach separates the ocean from the stream or river or creek or whatever you want to call it so you have this impoundment of water which at one point was the lagoon and there's basically a salt marsh there were egrets and ducks and some other birds milling around in the water there. It was very clear, of course, there was plastic litter in the water because you can't escape plastic litter anywhere you go. And we get down to the beach, and they're just shorebirds absolutely everywhere. Uh, sandpipers maybe, I mean, just hundreds of them. And they're running up and down the beach. They're eating flies on all the kelp. And we get to the actual shoreline, and there's a massive kelp about 100 feet long, about 2 or 3 feet high, that the waves are crashing on. So I put Kiersey in the stroller behind me and I climb up on top of the kelp and start casting out. And just as upshore or up the beach where we were at Leo Carrillo, there's just too much kelp in the water here. It's like every other retrieve. I'm just bringing in all sorts of crap. So I decided to just you know put Kiersey in the baby Bjorn and, and walk her around and take some pictures. We went over to the actual lagoon area. And it was full of these little shrimp that must have been three-quarters of an inch long and very thin. Um, something that you'd, you'd probably use kind of like a mycid pattern. They were just everywhere. Every time I stepped, you'd see them in the water. Kind of like when you're in a um, fishing on like the Shenandoah or Potomac in the summertime. And there's a rock that's got rainwater in it that's full of mosquito larva. And when you disturb them, they all start wriggling around. And that's what the shrimp are doing. The water is just absolutely swimming pool clear. There weren't any fish in there. A couple surfers were hanging out. Uh, There was one house that was adjacent to the park, and you you walk out your back door for them, and you're at the ocean. It was pretty awesome. So took pictures of birds, took some pictures of the lagoon, played around with the polarizing lens on the camera, decided I was getting hungry, and I was super thirsty, and it was probably time to start headed back. So we started dragging the stroller through the sand and get back up to the actual walkway. It's about a five-minute walk from the beach to the parking lot. and We see hummingbirds, and we see some lizards and some more ducks, and decide, all right, let's, uh, let's get going. And I was dying of thirst at this point, and the baby's exhausted. She needed to sleep, so I saw McDonald's, and that was the first time I've been with McDonald's since 2003. I got myself a large Dr. Pepper and no ice, and that kept me hydrated for the drive back and the drive back was awesome just driving along that shoreline seeing pelicans crashing waves busting on the shore surfers um, a lot of homeless people just out and about with backpacks and mountain bikes with trailers behind them a lot of rvs and vans just parked along pacific coast highway where i'm assuming people were just living probably surfers it was beautiful we came up to santa monica and We took Ocean uh, to Pacific Avenue, and that led us straight to Marina Del Rey through Venice Beach, and I found the short way back to our hotel rather than going from Santa Monica out to Lincoln and then taking Lincoln, or I think is also Route 1, way back to Marina Del Rey and then Bali Road, and then the way we had come was very roundabout, and the way back was very direct. And that night, we had a... Conference dinner at the Chart House in Redondo Beach. And for 55 bucks for a chicken breast, a side of squash, and a side salad with a cup of coffee and iced tea included was awful. I would have rather have gone out to some nice gourmet place or a little dive bar and gotten some real nice food. And not had gone to such a big chain restaurant where the food was overpriced. And I decided the next morning we were going to go down to Long Beach where I'd been in 2007 and caught a Corbina. The water there is very placid. It just laps the shoreline. We're gonna fish the lagoon and maybe fish the ocean. So we got up and I wanted to wait out traffic, so we left about nine AM, dropped Alana off down at her conference and got to Laguna I'm sorry, not Laguna, Long Beach, uh probably ten o'clock ish. And from there, uh we parked at fifty-fourth and ocean, if you're gonna Uh, Keep track, specifically, if you were to look up the Leeway Sailing Center, City of Long Beach Parks, Recreation, Marine, 5437 Ocean Boulevard, that is where I parked, and that's where I caught the Corbina uh, in 2007, and we got out, and strung up the rods, and put Kiersey in the Bjorn, and started walking around, and there was not a wave, this is a lagoon that's fed from the ocean somewhere around the other side of Long Beach, and there are guys putting up Christmas trees on barges, and I could totally live here. You walk out your door, and you know, 20 feet later, you can go stand-up paddleboarding or surfing and whatever. We don't really catch anything. Um, we're looking around. We do end up getting our line tangled up with uh, a black strap-on phallus sex device. And that wouldn't be so alarming if it hadn't been the second time I found a sex toy while fly fishing. The first one was on Big Honey Creek with Tom. So as we're uh, getting ready to photograph this thing, because I thought it was pretty hilarious, uh, a couple walks up, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so cute. You're fly fishing with your baby. we got to take pictures. So they made us walk back out from the road to the water and took a bunch of pictures of us with my camera and theirs, and then they wanted to send it into the newspaper. So I've got to follow up with the Long Beach um, newspapers and see if there's a picture of the two of us fishing with her and her little pink jumper and, and me and my waders and the Bjorn on. Since there was nothing over there, I decide let's walk over to the ocean. So um, it's about 200 yards of sand from Ocean Boulevard to the actual ocean. And dragging that uh, stroller through the sand was freaking exhausting. So I had the baby in the Bjorn, so it was easier to drag without the weight. But oh my God, it was not something I would recommend anybody doing. And I took some pictures of my fly box I was using. It has crab patterns and uh, some crease flies, some clousers, some little rabbit strip shrimp it's got some clouser shrimp patterns and basically a generic flats box that i developed in hawaii on my honeymoon in 2003 and then worked on it in my trips to florida and back to hawaii and long beach over the years so it's basically a saltwater flats box that i can just grab out of my closet and take anywhere and the water here is a little more aggressive than the lagoon if that means anything it's just psh, against the shore so I'm standing in waders knee deep no need for a stripping basket you just drop the line at your feet I mean it's so serene and quiet and um, after about 15 or 20 minutes of casting I finally um, get ready to pull my line up and there's a little bit of tension on the other end so I lift the rod and strip my line in kind of set the hook and lo and behold there's a corbina on the end it took the shrimpy clouser and it was about a 14 or 15 inch fish and Kiersey's in my Baby Bjorn, so technically this is the first fish she's ever caught on a fly rod. So we get it to the shoreline where the water is just kind of racing up the sand and back and taking the hook out, I'm trying to grab the thing and I'm not sure if I should grab it by the lip or just around it because I want to get a picture for you guys. And of course, um, I get spiked by the dorsal fin or a pec fin or something and it ouches me and I drop it in the sand and the next wave comes and watches it back out to sea. So I do not have a picture of that Corbina. It was beautiful kind of cream and red colors. It looks like a hybrid um, common carp with a red fish. It's got that ventral mouth, the kind of rubbery because they're going to be eating crustaceans and mollusks mollusks along the seafloor. And it was a beautiful fish. I'm pretty glad, you know, Kiersey and I got to have a chance to catch it. And I can't remember who told me to put on some crab patterns, if it was on Twitter or Facebook. So I decided to, uh, put on a white turnip crab. I picked that fly up, I want to say, before I went to Key Largo in 99. So it's been in my box for over a decade, since last century, I should say. And I start uh, getting a little tired now with Kiersey on the Bjorn. So I stick her in the stroller, and she's right behind me on the shoreline. And I'm fishing for another 15, 20 minutes. And I feel that subtle tug again. I'm like, ooh, maybe it's a Corbina. And I lift the rod, and lo and behold, there's a flat fish on the end. I strip it in. I freaking caught a halibut on a fly rod. Something I never thought I would do. And I bring it in. I show it to Kiersey. And she thinks it's hilarious. There's some pictures on the blog of her just giggling and laughing at this fish. It wasn't anything big. Um, The pictures show it about the size of the cork on my switch rod. So maybe 10, 11 inches by maybe 5 or 6 inches wide. And it's got these beautiful kind of granite patterns to it with white speckles and gray with black dots. And it's... um, Looking at the pictures, it's a left-mouthed fish, so it developed with the right side of the fish being the bottom and the left side being the top. So two eyes are on the top, left-hand side with the mouth, and the mouth definitely extended when I took the crab out, so this is something that's going to suck a fish in when it goes by or a crab or whatever else, and I was extremely excited. Um, I'm starving by now. It's about noon. We've been fishing for a little over two hours. Didn't really eat breakfast that morning. So, I decide we're going to go to my favorite haunt in Long Beach, which is the Yard House. And they've got like 200 plus beers on tap. And we drive up to Long Beach. It's right by the aquarium. And it's one of the best aquariums I've been to. So, if you're ever out in Long Beach, definitely hit up this aquarium. It is gorgeous. I was there in 2007 and spent half the day there photographing. So, I end up getting a Firestone IPA on tap. And I get a club sandwich with avocado and bacon. And a side of fries with truffle salt or truffle oil or whatever. It was a freaking delicious lunch. Kiersey just sat there and took a nap. We looked out on the water. We were outside on the patio. And the waitress was great. She kept refilling my club soda with a lemon wedge. One of my all-time pet peeves is when I order a club soda with lemon and they bring me a lime. It's like, I, you know, you got the water part right. Why can't you get the fruit part right? It's not that hard. And my second beer, I got a Lagunitas Pills. And that was also delicious. And then we sat there for about 40, 50 minutes so I could sort of metabolize the beer and enjoy my sandwich with the nice avocado and bacon, which is one thing I like to eat when I'm in California is avocados. And all of a sudden, these helicopters started whirring above and it was super loud. And I didn't know if there was a a movie going on or a car chase filming or whatever. So it was pretty loud and kind of obnoxious. So I decided to pack up Kiersey. And while I was eating... I was uh, Googling the Bob Marriott's fly fishing store in California, and it turned out to only be about 15, 20 miles away, so uh, I threw Kiersey in the back of the car, and that's a term, and gently put her in, and paid the $7 fee to get out of the parking lot, which kind of sucked. Could have had another pint of beer for that, you know? And we drive to Bob Marriott's, and if you've never been to Bob's, it's like the... California, Southern California Fly Fishing Superstore. Tom would always talk about going there when he was a kid and it's just row and row and aisle and walls of fly time materials and flies and rods and reels and they've got a travel department and everyone there is so knowledgeable. So we go in there and I confirm with them that I caught a halibut they thought it was a surf perch and we looked it up online and surf perch didn't look anything like the fish I caught and uh, the gentleman I talked to was uh, Kevin so Kevin Bell's the general manager, and um, I showed them the pictures of the sex toy that I found in the ocean, and we all got a, a good laugh with that. And of course, um, I'd been sending that picture to everybody and sent it to my wife, and she asked if I took it with me, and why would she think I would take that of all things with me that I found fly fishing? I don't know. The answer is negative. I left it there. So Kirsten and I walk up and down the aisles, and she's in the Bjorn, and she's just grabbing all the mylar and flash and crystal flash anything that's bright and colorful she's got like her little itty bitty tyrannosaurus rex arm sticking out and grabbing it we end up getting um, refills on chartreuse ostrich Hurl for my damsel nymphs we got some mfc the montana fly company rubber bugger hackle which is like a bully bugger hackle but it's made out of rubber so i'm gonna try that for carp and i loaded up on a bunch of Packs of marabou, chartreuse, fuchsia, and some red. So I can start working on some striper and bass patterns and get ready for the shad run. And if I ever get around to it, I'm going to do a tutorial on how to tie that striper fly. Super easy. It's just three pieces of marabou, sort of popsicle style. And we also got some calf tails because I'm running low on those, chartreuse. And I think we also got a fuchsia one for the one-inch clouser patterns I tie with bead chain eyes. And we just walked around and, and took our time and enjoyed. You know, we had the whole day to ourselves, so um, it was great. I really liked Bob Marriott's shop. It was well stocked. You don't really get that in Northern Virginia, so um, it's a treat for me to go and, and see a you know a mom and pop business that's not a, a giant mega store and be able to support them. And they had to sign that Barry and Kathy Beck were going to be there that weekend, and the guys from Rio were going to be representing. And wish I could have been there, but Saturday was the day we were leaving. So we uh, checked out of Bob Marriott's. We only spent about $36. So uh, we're probably gonna be able to tie maybe 100 plus flies with all that material. So I I say we did fairly well. And we had to go to Target because Kiersey was out of diapers. So we got to go to a Target. And um, Target in California looks the same as Target in Virginia. Same as the Target in uh, Columbus, Ohio, near my in-laws house. They're all the same, cookie cutter, big box stores. That night for dinner, we went to a Tex-Mex joint in Venice Beach with one of my wife's friends who worked on the hill with her back in, I want to say the late 90s, early 2000s. So it was good to see Amy Lou. We haven't seen her in 10 years. She hasn't changed at all, and she works for a nonprofit out there. She's doing great, and I just ate myself silly sick. It was I just gorged myself. I got a chimichanga, and I've been having a chimichanga hankering crave for like two years now. And it was the first time I've had a chance to actually eat one. So I was uh, very pleased. So the next morning, I'm like, well, where am I going to go fishing? I've got Kiersey. Let's go back to Long Beach. Let's do it again. And it was very foggy that morning. We drove out, and um, just the view from the hotel, you really couldn't see much. We left the Ritz-Carlton and and got on 405, the 405 to the 110, and got to Long Beach about 9 a.m., and you could probably only see about 50 yards in either direction on the shoreline and it was just beautiful and foggy. and There were birds absolutely everywhere, the mergansers and pelicans and cormorants. I mean, they would, honestly, they would swim over my fly line. They'd push it with their feet and go over it or they would just go underneath my rod tip. They, they, they were so close. It was like being back in the Galapagos, just how fearless these birds were. And I finally later realized what they were doing so close to shore. I would be stripping my line and strip, 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 twitch, strip, 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 twitch, and I'd feel tension and I'd just kind of lift the line a bit and the water would just explode with bait fish. There were these schools like 30 by 30 feet of nothing but like, out here they'd be like Atlantic silver sides or bay anchovy size, just like a three or four inch long minnow. And that's where the birds were just corralling, I guess, and eating. And throughout that morning, you know, I'd strip, strip and just feel like a sense that my line is going through something denser than the water. And it was the actual fish that my line was bumping into. And I would just lift the line just to watch the fish just explode out of the water. And we're stripping, we're stripping. And I feel that subtle tug again. I don't know what it is with the fish in Southern California. They're not like aggressively striking my fly. So I lift it up and would you believe it? I caught a freaking stingray. I've never caught a stingray before. I've never caught a chondrichthian, the, the cartilaginous fishes before in my life. So, this was completely new. It was about the size of a small pancake. It fit in the palm of my hand. And I'm just like, check this out, baby lady. I caught a stingray. So, I'm looking at it. It took the shrimpy clouser again. And I flip it over onto its back to take the hook out. And, you know, I'm not paying attention to that I've got a stingray in my hand. And as I go to take the hook out, it takes its tail and bam, right into the little area between. Just above the membrane between your thumb and index finger. The base of my right index finger. And instantly, blood starts just gushing out of my hand. So I'm bleeding. And it was like being stung by a foot-long bumblebee. It was intense. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen. It's a, it's a foreign protein. So granted, anybody can be allergic to it. So I'm wondering, you know, I've got the baby. What if I pass out? If I go into anaphylactic shock? What's going to happen? Do I need to call 911? Um, you know... I still have sort of high blood pressure after I worked at Booz Allen for so many years. It could do something to my heart. So I'm freaking out. I'm fishing a little slower, looking around, seeing if there's anyone there I can ask. And just holding the fly rod, was it felt like my hand was on fire. After about five minutes, a lifeguard drove by and I waved him down and asked him if um, you know, it was something serious, if I need to go to the hospital or something. And, of course, that hospital bill is going to be $99 for that pay, So I know the wife would kill me. Um, the the pain of her being presented with that bill was going to be more than being stung by a venomous creature. So um, I talked to him and he said they could take me to the headquarters for the lifeguards and they could put my hand in boiling water and that would basically denature the proteins. So he said, your choice is boiling water or the sting. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go with the sting. He said, you'll be fine. Here's my card. Give me a call if anything happens. If you need me, I can come attend to you. So I kept fishing, and about 30 or 40 minutes later, I caught a, another halibut, and this lady happened to be walking by the beach, so she took a picture of me holding my halibut, which was awesome, and I thanked her for, it was a beach cleanup, her office came out to clean up the beach that day, and um, if I didn't tell you already, it's all sand here, there's a couple of seashells, and a lot of sea glass, and no rocks, I mean it was just pure kind of fine powdered sand, so I'm wearing my boot foot waders, and The the footing's easy, and I can walk up and down the beach with Kiersey just, you know, in the corner of my eye because there's nobody out there. There was a guy in a wheelchair about 100 yards back just watching all day with a book. Um, There's sort of like these spits of concrete that come out towards the beach where you can, I guess, ride your bike or wheelchair kind of close to the ocean, but not that close. So he was just watching us fish all day, and there was a huge kind of red stone crab that was dead, so I photographed that and got some cool shots. And dug around in the sand and pulled out some of those little sand mole crabs that apparently uh, are great for um, fly mutations. As a kid, we used to use those in Florida. Just dig them up, put them on a hook, chuck it out, and catch a fish. And after about three hours of catching two stingrays and a halibut, my index finger was completely raw from stripping the line in. The sand and salt abrasion on that first um, bend in my index finger was just torn up. I mean, actually it was sliced and bleeding and... It just hurt. So I was, um, you know, I didn't have any duct tape. So I was like, let's just call it, baby lady. So we called it. Um, we drove back up to, what day was this? This must have been Thursday. So Thursday, we called it. We drove back up to Long Beach. And I'm trying to remember, you know, dinner that night. What did we do? The wife and I were by ourselves. Maybe it just wasn't that good if I can't remember. Maybe it'll come back to me. Um, Friday The wife gets up early She takes the car So Kiersey and I are going to take the stroller And walk to the beach and up Venice So um, Alana goes to work After like two hours They're like "All right, conference is done You guys are free So we walk all the way up to Venice Beach And it took about an hour and a half So um, I'm dying of thirst So I walk into this little liquor store Get a bag of chili cheese Fritos Just because I had to hankering for something gross and I also got a giant Dr. Pepper. And the guy's like, hey, man, you know, minimum bill here is uh, 7 bucks. Why don't you get some beer? And I'm like, sold. So I ended up getting a six-pack of Tacate because the cans are red. And you can walk around with those. And people think you're drinking Coca-Cola. So um, a lot of calls. And she's like, hey, I'm like two minutes away from Venice Beach. Where should I meet you? And she picks us up right at the beach. And um, I had just recently seen a TV show, probably Millionaire Matchmaker guilty pleasure. That was filmed right at that pier where um the road ends. I think it's was Washington. So she picks us up and we go to get the Kogi Korean taco truck. And I live in a Korean neighborhood and it's all Korean food and I love it. A little bit it's too crunchy for me. A lot too many vegetables. But um, I love the thin cooked beef. And this place does a fusion. It's world famous. David Choi I think is his name. And you see him on all the the cooking TV shows and eat street and unique eats and best thing i ever ate and you got to use um twitter to find out where they are that day so we find out they're somewhere northwest of santa monica so we go there and i get out and i've got the tecate in the stroller people think it's a coke and i go and i get the braised beef short rib burrito with sriracha and alana gets the short rib tacos and a korean hot dog with kimchi and we sit in the corner on the curb and the first bite into this burrito was like fireworks going off over my head it was just an epiphany of flavors that I'd never had in a burrito before that beef was so well cooked and tender oh my god I'm I'm starving for one right now it was phenomenal so we sat there and the hot dog was good Alana likes them grilled Um, you know I grew up with them steamed sort of from like ballpark-style Franks. She wants them grilled and crispy. So I had most of her hot dog and I sat there and drank two beers and it was time to uh, to get going. We met a guy. He's an artist from Silver Spring, Maryland, who makes these postcards and there's locations on them. They're photographs. So he goes around and takes pictures of historic places in Venice and Santa Monica and he has uh, barcodes with your phone and you can go there and zap them and get information about the different places. So he told us about his walking tour. and invited us that night to a art party but we had other plans so we couldn't go and Alana wanted to see Malibu so we all got in the car, got on the Pacific Coast Highway at Santa Monica and drove up the coast and we went up to Leo Carrillo State Park and this time we parked on the road and I got out, put on the waders and um, we went up to one of the beaches that I couldn't get to earlier because it was just me and the baby. It was a narrow staircase down to this little carved out area on the beach and I'm fishing and all I'm doing is catching seaweed and algae and kelp every other cast it's so annoying i'm getting pissed and finally i give up alana's reading the new york times and she's got a a soda and the baby and they're hanging out on the stairs and there's some pretty cute pictures on on the blog and i'm like just screw this this place sucks let's go back down to where i was fishing the other day so i convinced alana and the baby to go down there and got the crab pattern on now and i'd fish the other spot for about 40 minutes so my time was running out, and Alana's like, you got 15 minutes to go out. And this section, there was no kelp this time. This is where I'd fished um, two days before, three days before. And I get out and I take like three steps in, and I see just a school of fish. big silver things about foot long everywhere. Throw out my crabs, strip once, boom, rods bent, lines getting tugged on. I don't know if it was a fish I saw or what, but I'm onto something big and it's pulling. And I haven't hooked in with fish this strong probably since I was in New York steelhead fishing. So I start screaming. I'm like reeling it in. I look back and I'm like, honey, I caught a fish. And while I was being the the moron, like celebrating early and showing off the bent rod, it throws the hook. So I keep walking a little bit later down the shore, about 10, 15 feet, cast again. I got the sinking line on in the crab and I strip, strip and get a rock. Cast again, strip, strip. I keep catching rocks left and right. So finally I cast again, strip, strip. Boom. I'm onto one of those strong fish again. About three or four seconds into the fight, it throws the hook. So I go back. I switch to my Rio outbound shooting head, which is probably my all-time favorite fly line. It's so easy to cast. retails for about $70. It will launch the biggest fly, the smallest fly, as far as you want to go with the least amount of effort. Definitely look into it. So I start throwing the floating line, and I'm just not getting any fish. And then I see Alana pointing at her watch and doing the time to go. So we pack it up and head back down to... Malibu, and um, since I had been drinking beer during lunch, it's my vacation, you know. She uh, she did all the driving, and that was pretty much it for you know the fly fishing portion of the trip. Um, Pretty much ended there. I I packed the rod down and wiped it clean from sand and, and grit, and started drying the reel off. And we drove back to the hotel, where I rinsed everything off and cleaned out the sand from my bag, and started taking the flies out of. Um, my clothes and hats and started sticking them back in the fly box and rinsing them off so they're not rusting and it was time to go out to dinner so we went to a place called Sean I'd wanted to go to a Hawaiian place and um, first off we spent that evening having happy hour down at the fireplace at the Ritz um, so I had a couple beers with me and Um, I decided we met some nice kids from uh, Arizona and a kid named Ben from Colorado he works in the Coors Light can manufacturing location so he was telling us stories about the canning process at Coors so um, I'm like hey you know there's like free drinks at the front desk right now so we go over there and we try to get the watermelon cooler with the Ciroc vodka they're like sorry um, we didn't do it tonight but here's two drink vouchers for the the bar where you guys are probably sitting And granted, a gin and tonic, there's $18. So we were quite happy to get free drinks. And Ben's like, hey, I'm going out to um, Wuchtkopf. I think that's the name of it. It's like this very famous German brat house up the street. So he gives it to Alana, and we each ordered some cocktails that were just freaking delicious. And sat there and nursed those for about 40 minutes. And then uh, we realized that the Hawaiian place was closed. So there's a very famous Malaysian place called Lakshan in Culver City. And we uh, make the drive out there, you know, thank goodness my smartphone has the GPS, we find it, we sit down, and um, hands down the best meal I've ever eaten in my life. We start off with Shanghai matzo ball soup, and it was the most flavorful broth that I've ever had. You, It's like opening a book and seeing text, like tasting this, you just, like ingredients just start going through your head. All these different flavors. You can see and just kind of read the broth with your mind. It was insane with these light, fluffy little matzo balls and they had some bean sprouts in there. We consumed every milliliter of that soup. Then we ordered Bhutanese rice. We can get Bhutanese rice at Whole Foods and Giant here, but this stuff was cooked with lamb bacon. It was the most flavorful and the texture of this rice, the sponginess, the chewiness. It was so nutty. We didn't let a single grain of rice go it was the best rice i've ever had and we get these things called chicken lollipops and it's basically a chicken wing that's been cooked in this soy hoisin spicy sauce that it was so good a lot of bit her finger when she was trying to eat the the chicken wing Um, they're pretty world famous they um it was like nothing i've ever eaten the amount of flavor you can get in something that small was just ridiculous we actually got a second order of those and then we got something called don don noodle which is a sejuan peppercorn peanut noodle dish and our waiter said you're not allowed to order anything after you order the don don because there's gonna be a chemical reaction with what the sejuan peppercorns do and it's gonna be like a numbing agent to your mouth and you won't be able to really taste anything afterwards he said your taste buds are going to be finished it's gonna be so spicy and so numbing that we won't let you actually order anything afterwards. So we get the don don, and I'm kind of scared because I'm not a, a spicy noodle guy. This guy's freaking me out. Any kind of spice is uh, kind of difficult for me. And I dive in, and it is the most well balanced, peanutty, sweet, soy with heat that I've ever had with these crushed peanuts. And then I start feeling it; my heartbeat starts going up. And my eyes sort of just kind of fixate on the bowl. And we just inhale this stuff. It was one of the greatest, not one of the greatest thing I've probably ever eaten in my life. And not just because the flavors and textures. But what happened afterwards, not only did my heartbeat go up, but I stopped sweating. And my limbs became numb. And I couldn't talk. And for me, not being able to talk, imagine that. I've been talking for how long now just about eating and fishing for like four days in Los Angeles, it was the equivalent of like having full anesthesia before surgery or having eaten like a pot brownie, which I did in my cross country trip in California in 96 where you're just sitting there and I couldn't blink. I couldn't move. I was like drooling. There was this chemical reaction that the Don Don noodles had that just gave me this like calm euphoria and Alana had to drive home and I couldn't drive. I sat in the car just staring. I couldn't turn my head. I couldn't move my arms. It was, and it was like food that actually like changed the way you feel. It wasn't just your taste buds and, and the heat. It was like a full-body experience. And therefore, that was the most amazing meal I have ever had in my life. And that perfectly rounded out our trip to Los Angeles. And I will leave you with that. And that was fly fishing and eating in Los Angeles in November of 2011. And I don't really have any trips coming up soon. I guess you could say um, Cleveland. I might drive up there around Christmas. We're gonna be in Ohio for Christmas and New Years. And then I'm driving out to Colorado in February and quite possibly Canberra in Australia in May. So maybe I'll have eating and fly fishing in Ohio, eating and fly fishing in Colorado, eating and fly fishing in Australia. I thank you for downloading the fly fishing consultant podcast. Please follow me on Twitter at Rob white, and I will be doing a giveaway for the 100th follower on my Facebook. We'll get a free Polyfuse technology, 7,000 series floating line, either weight forward four or weight forward eight orange line, your choice shipped for free. Thank you for, uh, so we should say say thank you to Jason for producing this podcast. And until next time, this is uh, Rob Snow White. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, visit www.robsnowwhite.com. This podcast is production.